Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's 1236 in Edmonton. Uh, Drew in West Kelowna has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line just before we get to Brian Lawton. Uh, hello again, Bob. Really getting excited as we close in on some real hockey. Appreciate the COVID updates. Good comparison with the test totals between Alberta and BC. Again, Alberta over 300,000 tests, BC at 160K. I wonder if also for perspective you could update total cases and active cases between, say, Edmonton and Vancouver. Just an opportunity for a little bit more perspective. It'd be interesting. Thanks again from Drew in West Kelowna. Well, Drew, I will tell you that uh, the rates where you're at in the interior are quite low. Um, Overall, uh, Vancouver Coastal has had 908 positive tests. Edmonton has had 623. Uh, Vancouver Coastal currently has three people in ICU and, and 10 in hospital. Edmonton's got one person in ICU, five in uh, the hospital. Uh, Vancouver Coastal has had 86 deaths. Edmonton has had 13, again, just one in the last 40 days. We've seen a jump from 44 to 112 active cases, but again, Edmonton has had over 10,000 cases uh, tests done in the first nine days of the month of June. So you got one province with 160,000 total tests since the start of this. What are we at, 90 days in? And another province that's done 10,000 just in the last basically week. The the testing amount does matter on this issue. There's no question. There's no debate. Vancouver and uh, the province of British Columbia has received a lot of uh, accolades for how they've handled COVID. Uh, It's suspicious how many people don't bring up the fact that they've tested amongst the the lowest per capita in the entire country. I I do find that interesting uh, because I think we know that, you know, if what they're seeing with the actual virus is what it is, that the more you test, the more you'll likely find. I think most people kind of get that. All right. We are going to go off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and I teased you during the last segment. I said they're going to be opening up soon. They're opening up Friday, uh, the River Cree Resort and Casino. Uh, we're going to have Janie Bim, Bim coming up uh, on the show the next couple of days to tell us a bit about that. But off to our Oilers Now headliner brought to you by Touchback Safety. When it's time for safety training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. We bring back to the show a man who people in the state of uh, Minnesota are telling me they, they want to get him into politics. Brian Lawton joins us right now on Oilers Now. Brian, how are you doing? You know what, Bob? I've never wanted to be in politics in my life, but after <laughs> what I've seen transpire in this state, I wish I had. It's been unbelievably poor 
for us here in Minnesota. Uh, man, that mayor got a, he got bullied the other day. Eh? That was wild. I mean, it's the, just incredible. Like he the guy over his head. I feel bad for the guy. The really guy, but he, he, yeah, class, Bob. The guy is like he's on the side of the movement. Like there's no debate, and he's obviously empathetic to their cause, and they're just calling him down. And oh man, I, you know, I, and I brought it up on the show on Monday. Uh, look, this is a serious issue. Uh, there's a lot of challenges out there. No one's naive to the fact that there's, uh, you know, that there's there's racism that exists in society. There always has been uh, racism that has existed in society. But I also feel bad for another group. And, you know, I, I've got a lot of friends that are police officers here in town. Um, nobody I know uh, would, would suggest what happened to George Floyd was acceptable. We had a very peaceful protest on Friday night, Brian, here. 15,000 people were at it. There was a small percentage of people that took liberty and said things to police officers that they would never normally say in those situations. Uh, and I, you know, everybody loves a firefighter. My next door neighbor is a great guy. He's a firefighter. He says, Bob, I go out in that truck and people are waving to me and little kids are waving and everybody loves a firefighter. His father-in-law used to be the police chief here in town. <laughs> and it's, uh, I, I have uh, empathy for a lot of, you know, when, when COVID started, Brian, we were talking about first responders and the challenges out there and uh it's unfortunate that uh you know we're, we're gonna have to deal with uh, deeper topics moving forward but great point by you it is it is a, a tough time and a different state of affairs in the state of hockey perhaps than anywhere else can you even get a chance given all that is happening in in your beloved state of minnesota uh, can you even get a chance to sort of get focused back on hockey knowing how politically charged the atmosphere is there right now uh, it's starting to turn back to that, obviously, when you see what's transpired here and throughout the country and really throughout the world. Uh, it's easy to get some perspective on life. And although I love hockey like you do and most of the listeners right now, there are bigger things going on in the world. Uh, and yet someday hockey will hopefully be a feel-good story again for people. And I do feel like it's coming still I feel like we're still a ways out, but you can start to see the view on the horizon that we are going to be back playing soon, and it will matter. It absolutely matters. I can't tell you how much I still hear with everything going on here, how much people miss not only hockey but sports in general. People are starving for entertainment. They always have and they always will be, and hockey hopefully will fill that void and, and do it with some dignity and honor. And, and treat the players properly. We've seen great movement, great commitment from players already. It's just a lot of things to be excited about, a lot of things to be proud about. I've got two friends in the media, Bob, that have done exceptional jobs with COVID-19. One of them is you, which I think you've done an amazing job just communicating to people unbiasedly what's happening out there. And then another one is a guy by the name of Mike Max here in Minnesota that's a sportscaster that they asked to go out and interview people during the riots. I spoke to Mike last night on his show, and uh, I just can't tell you enough how amazing he was as well. So congratulations to both of you guys for showing a lot of diversity and uh, ability to, to jump into something that's new to you like it is to the rest of a lot of the folks uh, that are covering these things. 
I can't imagine what it would like to be like to be a reporter in those situations. Like he's got to, he's got to have the patience of who was who was the religious figure that had the most patience? Was it Job? I don't know. Somebody will know. Somebody can text me. I'm I'm about as Job. Yeah, so it's, I'm, 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 I'm about, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, being raised in a, uh, a little, I, I'll say a little bit of a Mormon family, because I never read the Book of Mormon or the Pearl of Great Price, but uh, I could tell you, I, that's not my area of expertise, and many would say when it comes to hockey, that's not my area of expertise as well. I appreciate the comments, Brian. Hey, you mentioned other sports. Uh, listeners to this show know that I love football, that I love college football. In time, I've become a fan of uh, European soccer. Uh, do you have, uh, you know, I used to be a bigger fan of college basketball than I am now, but I'm certainly a huge fan of college football. I love the NFL. I, I still care about the Eskimos. Do you have a favorite sport other than hockey that you grew up and played as a kid? Uh, it used to be college basketball for me. And you can go back to Akeem Olajuwon, Ralph Sampson, go back cool. as far as you want when I was younger. I just love college basketball and then eventually even pro as i followed a lot of those guys michael jordan into pro uh for me it was kind of the similarities of what goes on in basketball like hockey five players forwards centers uh guards that are essentially defense but it was just the similarities i always thought it was a great training tool and i love to play basketball and i love to watch it so it used to be college basketball now i'd say it's more pro although i've been a little bit disenchanted with some of the things i've seen in that the last few years but uh overall it would be basketball yeah remember Fi slamma jamma with houston <laughs> of course they were awesome but they never won they never won it no no but they were exciting yeah, absolutely <laughs> a lot of great things you know you think about the the fab five in michigan and that whole deal um just there's been a lot of great stories i used to love college sports more than i i've become more cynical in my old age about college sports i'm glad to see them finally recognize the contributions that athletes actually make to schools and to loosen up the rules a little bit for these guys that's going to be something that hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hasn't started in full force yet, but in the future, you're going to see a lot more of that. And I think it's time and a good thing. When I see 90,000 people at a spring camp, spring camp game in Alabama or in LSU, those guys need to be paid. That's It's that simple. Like, we know the yeah. school's making, you know, the University of Miami, uh, the Hurricanes program. I got a, uh, you know, I don't know if you know Stu McDonald. He used to run uh, the 
Calgary Flames farm team out in St. John, and he's worked with the Oilers for a number of years, and he's a he's a Miami Hurricanes fan, and uh, as you know, I'm an SEC fan and uh, an Alabama fan. I mean, Miami built their entire medical school off the back of their football program in the 1980s, and. Uh, you know, and you look at Alabama, I mean, what they've been able to generate in terms of profit for their university, and the coaches sitting, you know, Nick Saban's making $10, $11 million. Those, those guys got to get paid. That's, that's all there is to it. I'm not, like, we have to be realistic. You know, it, it, there's programs that don't make money. There's programs that lose money. Uh, but there's 25 or 30 programs in the States that, you know, and 10 or 12 in particular that are making big money. And those four- and five-star recruits that go to those schools, they should be compensated. That's all there is to it. Yeah, there's never been a more upside-down institution in terms of the NCAA, at least when I was an agent trying to deal with these guys, you know, wanting to follow the rules, make sure you did everything proper. They were just a joke to deal with. (laughs) Uh, Watching kids that are bringing large amounts of money, doing significant things for universities that would be locked out of mess halls because they couldn't make the hours. The whole premise was just ludicrous. I'm glad to see it opening up. It is long overdue. Uh, I I hope it works much, much better in the future because you're right. 90,000 people show up. It's not for Nick Saban, even though he's making 10, 11 million bucks. Yeah, no kidding. All right, uh, let's get to three questions uh, specific to the here and now, and we'll go uh, with if we are indeed able to get playing. Does a, a younger team like the Oilers have the experience or a playoff, you know, sort of hardened team like Chicago with guys like Taze and Kane and Keith that have been a part of all those chances? Who does it favor? Does it favor younger players or veteran players? I think to come up with that answer, Bob, you have to first kind of do a little bit of dreaming about what you think the hockey's going to look like. In my mind, the hockey's going to be very wide open. I just had this conversation with a player on the Florida Panthers yesterday who have a younger team. They've got veteran coaches in there now and a few veteran players, but they're still a younger team. And the whole conversation centered around the Stanley Cup championship is more wide open than ever. A team like Florida, who may or may not have made the playoffs, is going to be equal with a lot of other teams. And if they can pull it together, they could go on an incredible run. I was talking specifically to a player that's played in Canada that's known to score goals. And uh, it's not lost on him, the opportunity. It's not lost on him that he's shooting a gazillion pucks every day because he wants to come out of the gate with his shot ready to rock and roll, especially because this particular player happens to be an unrestricted free agent. So there's a lot at stake. When you add it all up, I feel personally the style of hockey will dictate faster, quicker teams, more skilled, will do better. It won't necessarily come down to just age versus youth. Uh, I could look at some teams and say, you know, Chicago, they they have some veteran players that will be incredibly helpful, but they were making moves at the deadline going the other direction, trade away Leonard, obviously, Gustafson and Calgary. Um, You know, those will be benefits for the Edmonton Oilers. I look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, and to me they're the most hardened core and the team that I would be most likely to bet on because I believe that the character in their room is so strong they've dealt with adversity they got good coaching. Um, they have a chance to do some significant damage. But it comes down to the style of hockey that's going to be played 
And I think it's going to be more 7-6 hockey than maybe the traditional 2-1 hockey we've seen in the past. Was it Hoffman or Hollow you were talking to? I'm not going to name any names. People <laughs> say that to me. There's enough, uh, there's enough okay. clues there to figure it out. All right. Well, you said likes Let's to sh- just hope this player plays well when he comes back and he uh, can help lead his team to uh, some surprise victories and maybe go on a run. All right. Uh, we're joined by Brian Lott. You mentioned uh, uh, Joel Quenville and, you know, veteran and the top flight coach. And Mike Sullivan, a lot of people think he's an excellent coach in Pittsburgh. Coach of the Year candidates, and I've already voted. Uh, the listeners should know that uh, if you're an NHL broadcaster, be it television or radio for a team, you get a vote. Uh, the Broadcasters Association votes. I, I'm not going to say which three gentlemen I picked. Um, do you vote for that, Brian, or is that uh, are you on the voting committee for that? I do not vote for that, and I specifically stay off of it because of relationships with so many guys. Uh, I'd hate to have to look someone in the eye and say, no, I didn't vote for you. So I just stay away from it. I'm not a, I'm not a voter, and there are people at NHL Network that obviously contribute to right. voting. I am not one of them, and I am very comfortable with that. Uh, I would be. With that, I, with that said, I can give you some guys that I certainly sure. would consider in the East. A couple of guys for me, uh, definitely Mike Sullivan, who you mentioned already. Just the job he did with the number of injuries. I know they're not. They weren't first in the Metro. They weren't even second, for that matter. But uh, he did a really incredible job this year, and I give him a lot of credit. Uh, But in that conference, the top coach for me has been Bruce Cassidy. Uh, He hasn't gotten his due. They also have dealt with a lot of adversity. Uh, They were tremendous all season long. You look at some of the runs they went on, the minimal amount of losses over 20, 25 games. Uh, The things they did were really astonishing in the West. Uh, I think Craig Berube has done a nice job of keeping the St. Louis Blues focused after an incredible run last year and kind of a surprise victory, quite frankly, on their way to their first Stanley Cup championship in history. Uh, Craig is a guy that, uh, in some ways, he's a man of few words, but he understands accountability in the room as well as anybody in the league. That's one of my key core functions a coach has to do. I think he established that early on when he took over from Mike Yo. He may have scared uh, the bejesus out of a few of the players with some of his rants, uh, but most of all the players knew it was real and sincere, and that helped him to galvanize that group to go on an incredible run, and he's continued it this year for me. So he's one of my top guys. And then the other one, and again, it's not necessarily who's just in first, uh, would be Dave Tippett. Uh, people did not expect the Edmonton Oilers. The fans may have there, but around the National Hockey League, they were not expected to do as well as they've done. They're still in transition. Ken Holland has done a fantastic job getting some new guys in there, but to turn the special teams around with a lot of the same players as much as they have and to get the Oilers to recognize that, uh, hey, some nights we got to win 2-1. We're not going to win 7-6 every night. To get the star players to buy in, to drag along the role players, uh, it's been impressive. And I think Tip, I don't believe he'll win the award, but he certainly is in the top four and really in the top three for me. He's done an exceptional job. 
Well, number one in power play, number two in PK. That was the surprise for me. I did expect the team, and the listeners know this, I expected them to take a, a bounce back because I thought the team underperformed the last two years. Brian, we always appreciate your insight. Uh, by the way, I, I also have got uh, Lane Vigneault and uh, and John Tortorella. I think Torts is a different coach now maybe than he was when he was in Vancouver. Uh, those, those guys are kind of in the mix for me as well. Uh, we appreciate your time, and let me know how that uh, candidacy to be a governor of Minnesota goes here in the next couple months. I would take it over tomorrow if they'd give it to me. I've been so embarrassed by everything that's gone on here. I wish it weren't so, but uh, and I know they're tough jobs, but some media training would help, that's for sure. All right. Uh, much appreciated, Brian. Thanks for your time. Thank you. You bet. That is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. It is Bob Stoffer with you, and it's 1254 in Edmonton. We will tell you all season long, during the season, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Uh, I know we we mentioned uh, Kavis Reed, former defensive back, bumping into him. Saw Tom Towns uh, yesterday as well, all-star linebacker for the Eskimos. And uh, Trent Brown was an all-star safety. He was part of that uh, 90, it would have been a 93 great cup. They won in Calgary that year. Blake Dermott, who does the Eskimo broadcast with Morley and Dave. Uh, I think Blake maybe played a couple more years after that. Uh, Blake was, uh, I remember the story of the boys having a, uh, a little bit of a celebration in the Calgary Stampeders dressing room as they won the Great Cup back in 1993. Anyhow, James H. Brown want you to stay safe, stay positive during these challenging uh, times. And when accidents happen, you can go to jameshbrown.com. Now, you can text us at 780-496-0063. And uh, former defenseman Mark, this is a hockey text for Mark, uh, he says uh, on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, I've already given you my prediction on the Hawks Oilers series. The Oilers will walk on the Hawks. The only caveat to, uh, to this would be if the referees allow Connor McDavid to be impeded uh, while uh, calling the Oilers for the same type of infractions. There has been a routine bias against the Oilers over the last couple seasons. Prior to McDavid, the Oilers didn't get the calls because they were a non-veteran bottom-dwelling team. In order for the Oilers to reach their potential, this bias mustn't persist from former defensive mark I, I would say that sometimes you have to earn it and i look at the oilers in the early 80s you know uh, there was some tough miles there at times and some frustrations specifically against maybe the islanders and the standard that was but conversely if you're a boston fan on the 88 or 90 call uh stanley cup finals you might suggest that edmonton got some some veteran calls or maybe the Oilers' veteran players just knew how far to push it obviously it was a completely different game back then uh, by the mid-1990s, Darian Hatcher and Richard Mavtichuk and Craig Ludwig could sit there uh, and just hack and whack away at you, and there'd be no calls at all. Off to a global news weather traffic update with the uh, one and only Eileen Bell. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta at 105 when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.